Hello, I'm Guillermina Gonzalez, Executive Director of the Delaware Arts Alliance, your host for today. And with me, we have the filmmaker Thomas Allen Harris. Welcome to the program, Thomas. Thank you, Guillermina. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I, and, I just uh, actually... Well, thank you for your time. We got so excited hearing the news about you coming to the University of Delaware and then began researching a little bit on your fantastic filmmaker career, and uh, we couldn't wait to have you. I know you've been busy and traveling quite a lot. Well, that happens with celebrities, which is quite okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, welcome to the show again, and let's talk about you as a filmmaker, your ideas, uh, your perspective. So let me begin uh, with the basics. Uh, tell us, why did you become a filmmaker? Uh, well, Guillermina, I uh, became a filmmaker. I, I actually started out uh, studying, uh, being pre-med in college. Okay. And um, I fell in love with uh, both writing and also photography. And I moved to Europe, and um, I got a fellowship to go to Europe right after college. And, and I started looking at films as a way of learning languages in, in France and in, in Holland and and Italy, and um, I fell in love with filmmaking. It was the perfect um, way to, to, to kind of meld my passion for creating images and also uh, writing. Mm -hmm. And since then, I've been making um, making films that are, um, you know, that that, that that kind of fall within uh, documentary landscape, but also expand that that landscape and become uh, maybe more informed by experimental filmmaking strategies mm -hmm. and um, film as art. There you go. And reading the, your biography, uh, you're a graduate of Harvard College and the Whitney Museum of American Arts Independent Study Program. And I have to say that among many of the awards that you have won, you're a recipient of numerous awards and fellowships, including a Tribeca Film Institute's Nelson Mandela Award, United States Artist Award, and the like. So uh, you've been recognized quite a lot for your perspective on filmmaking, but you are also um, a very complete filmmaker because you bring um, that kind of, uh, how should I say, how would you define your perspective when capturing ideas and, and putting those ideas in, in the concept of a film? Well, I'm an artist um, who works within the landscape of filmmaking right now. Um, so I am interested in bringing, I, I work as, in, in many ways as a collagist okay. and, um, and, and both uh, assemble um, ideas and images and sounds from a variety of sources. Uh, I went to Brazil, for instance, in, um, in uh, I believe it was 1995, with two Super 8 cameras, and I went there to film the uh, Afro-Brazilian uh, street festivals that climaxed in Carnival. Mm -hmm. And I went with Super 8 cameras, which are kind of these old home movie cameras, mm -hmm. because I knew that I didn't speak via Portuguese. Yeah, I spoke a little bit of I spoke a little bit of Spanish. I spoke French pretty mm -hmm. flu fluently. And I said, well, I'm going to go with these Super 8 cameras. They're kind of all beat up. I don't have to worry about people, you know, robbing them or getting them getting trampled in the middle of a, you know, a, a public mm -hmm. um, uh, 
spectacle. And and I came back after shooting there for about four months, and I realized that in order for me to tell the story, I had to tell people why I would go to Brazil looking for something as mm-hmm. an African-American. And it occurred to me that my mother had made a similar journey in the um, in the late 70s when she moved with my brother and I to East Africa mm-hmm. when we were boys looking for a mythic face of Africa. Mm-hmm. And she went in part because my grandfather's dream was to go to, always to go to Africa, but he was never able to go. Mm-hmm. And so these ideas led me to search and find my grandfather's Super 8 film archive he had already died, and it was sitting in the basement. And, and I found hours and hours and hours of Super 8 home movies that documented mm-hmm. our family mm-hmm. as we went from being colored and Negro to embracing a Pan-African aesthetic and, um, and ultimately, you know, followed us to East Africa. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so it, it became a, a, a film that uh, follows three spiritual journeys. My journey to Brazil, looking for a face I had in a dream. My mm-hmm. mother's journey to to Africa, looking for the mythic African mm-hmm. uh, ancestor ancestral face, and my grandfather's desire to go to Africa, but he was never able to go. So anytime images of Africa came on TV in the 50s and 60s, he mm-hmm. grabbed his Super 8 camera and filmed off the TV screen. And so, so that so it it interwove all of these different journeys. Everything was shot silent, so I had to reconstruct the sounds and mm-hmm. I, I found an old interview that I shot with my grandfather before he died in in nineteen ninety something and mm-hmm. um and I used bits of that. I, I used bits of actors uh who uh, personified people in, in my that I encountered in my journey in Brazil and I had my interview with my mom and it beca- and I got I hired people in Brazil to do sound recordings of in you know music because mm-hmm. Salvador da Bahia which is the the, the uh place that I went to which is renowned in, in Brazil as the heart and soul of Brazil mm-hmm. is full of music and so I used street music and then I hired my composer who I've worked with for a long time Vernon Reed who is um, the founder of Living Color and also Black Rock Coalition. And and he, I put him together with a woman um, who is uh, another composer, uh, Rita, um, who is more interested in uh, religious candomblé music. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I was able to, so we were able to create something which is this kind of journey and kind of beautiful um, tapestry and that's very much how I, I work. Uh, each mm-hmm. film is different. When I made the film um, uh, uh, Twelve Disciples of Nelson Mandela, I um, I um, I used a hundred different actors, women and men, who were basically non-actors. But I, I I asked them to join me in this journey to discover um, what would happen if. Nelson Mandela asked you to leave your country and go into exile and and, and turn the anti-apartheid movement into a mm-hmm. global movement, right. and you, you know so so these young people recreated the journey and I shot that on film and and so each film is is is, is very different and and it, you know I don't really know where the journey will take me. Um, and in, in that particular film, Twelve Disciples and Nelson Mandela, mm-hmm. I also had the young actors sing, and so I didn't have a South African composer composer like in um, with the Amy Akata, that's my face, the Brazilian composer Rita Silva. Mm-hmm. I didn't have someone like that, but I had indigenous music, and then I had Vernon Reed combine some of that music with with his amazing um, uh, composition. 
and we created something new uh, mm-hmm. out of that. And um, and and I'm also a character in, in many of my films. Uh, I see. But there seems to be a common thread, uh, and in the same sentence, you say human condition and the search for identity, family, and spirituality. And I wonder if if uh, human condition from the way you present it is a combination of identity, family, and spirituality. Tell me about that take and how you apply that concept in your uh, filming career. Yes, well, I think that um, the human condition is, is, uh, is, you know, is a complex condition, and it is, as you mentioned, it is combining family identity and spirituality, how we make sense of our world. And, um, you know, having grown up in, 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 um, in partly in East Africa, having been exposed to other cosmologies, um, having traveled throughout Central and South America, throughout uh, also Asia, you know, I'm, I'm, I, it, there is, I think each of us is, 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 whether we know it or not, is on a journey, you know, to fulfill our purpose. And, um, and part of that purpose is connected to um, or is informed by the way in which we intersect with, with the history that's, that's, that's happening now and how we as individuals affect the history and also affect um, the, the, through the journey the, the people that we encounter. Mm-hmm. And so I think some of my work is inspired by Eduardo Galeano, who did mm-hmm. a, a trilogy, um, a Latin American writer who did a trilogy about the uh, kind of the, uh, myth origins. And, and he really, instead of like thinking about things, uh, you know, from the perspective of the landed gentry or the nobility or the royalty, you know, he talks about, the, you know, the common people and, um, and how, and, and really elevates them. And I think that true art does elevate. Are, are you know the common people and um, and 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 I think that that's something that really informs my work and in some of my films spirituality intersects with cultural identity and other mm-hmm. work it you know it's uh, spirituality might manifest as as trying to create a love letter to uh, a stepfather who 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 passed away who I didn't understand while he was alive. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that you know, for many African Americans, you know, so many of our ancestors uh, who came from Africa were brought brought here in chains, mm-hmm. and um, and and how do we reconcile that um, and 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 understand um, you know how do we begin the process as Americans to understand the complexity of who we are, mm-hmm. you know that you know that we are you know very much mestizo people. Um, you know, in terms of uh, both racially, ethnically, mm-hmm. uh, but also spiritually, we have all mm-hmm. these different elements, and 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 I, I think that the, I've been chosen for this journey, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, because um, because I just I feel like you know each time I am, I'm making another film that deals with you know deals with this this I guess longing for understanding of my place and my meaning in the mm-hmm. world, but not simply as Thomas, but as a kind of stand-in for for um, for uh, the every person. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, with the present film through a lens darkly, 
I, uh, which looks at the ways in which African-American photographers used the camera as a tool for social change from 1840 to the present. Mm-hmm. Um, I was invited to make that film with Deborah Willis, Dr. Deborah Willis, who's a MacArthur Genius Award winner for her pioneering work on black photography and its contribution to American photography. And so I was telling this history, but I, I wanted to also kind of also not only uh, explore the professional black photographers' contributions, mm-hmm. but also how vernacular photographers contributed to a sense of who we are, you know, on a, a micro and macro levels. Um, uh, also, hold, hold on to, to that thought if you are so kind, because I need to re-engage with the audience. We need to go back to, to talk deeper on that perspective, Thomas, but for the time being. Let me remind our listeners that you are tuned into News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410WDOB for the Delaware State of the Arts radio show. We had the tremendous pleasure of having today uh, with us Thomas Allen Harris, a filmmaker very well known who was here not long, long ago at the University of Delaware presenting through a lens darkly, black photographers and the emergence of people, topic that we were just began touching on, Thomas. So let's just go back to uh, what this uh, documentary reflects uh, and what represents in terms of that emergence of people that you are referring to. Well, um, you know, I think that African Americans um, and you know many many Americans who came here came here under situations which which really denied their humanity and um and how does one uh, affirm one's humanity um in the course of becoming a citizen in the course of being alive and 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 even if popular culture would um affirm that you are not human you know through the use of the stereotype mm-hmm. um and so the, this the film really looks at the ways in which uh african americans use the camera as a tool for social change to affirm to one another mm-hmm. that you know that their lives mattered that they were uh, human beings that they were valuable contributors um one of the things that deborah willis uh, talks about in the movie is um she's you know the, the primary inspiration for the for the film mm-hmm. is um is um the looking at American photography books when she was studying as a a budding photographer and there were no black photographers included in these you know huge photography books Mm -hmm. and so it started her on a journey to look and see well who were were there African-American photographers and you know she knew African-American photographers and so Mm -hmm. so um and then so when I was making the film I, I I was also aware well if if these African-American photographers uh, and their archives were not celebrated, were not cataloged, mm-hmm. uh, were not seen widely, what, 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 what was seen in its place? And what we see is this kind of huge stereotype that was generated 
mm-hmm. which which even though it's you know it's no longer fashionable to have you know people wearing blackface or you know chanting certain types of songs that were you know very much very popular at a certain time mm-hmm. associated with the minstrel minstrelsy you we still have these these stereotypes still circulate in our imaginary mm-hmm. and um and so in many ways i wanted to in, with this film coming out of the film I made before about South Africa and my relationship to it and also the truth and reconciliation that happened after apartheid, mm-hmm. I really wanted this film to, to show both the affirming images that African-Americans made of themselves in the mm-hmm. studios, in their own homes, etc., and also the, 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 the war against them against these affirming images, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the negative and destructive images, which included, you know, the stereotypes and also the, the violence that happened in terms of the lynching images that mm-hmm. were circulated quite widely, you know, and, you know, after someone was lynched, there were lots of images that were made during the whole spectacle and those were sold. So they, it was an industry, right. you know, based on this violence and, and, and somehow connected to what's going on today in terms of how we see one another as Americans, how we see one another as human beings and and to have a, a awareness in terms of visual mm-hmm. literacy. Now let me ask you a question. Based on the documentary and what you learned doing it, how would you define African Americans want to be described based on those uh, different photographs? Is there something that you sh- you think should be emphasized in the way they want to be perceived? Yes, I think that there's an affirmation of uh, beauty, of joy, mm-hmm. of humanity, of uh, value, of productivity, mm-hmm. of ingenuity. I mean, all these beautiful, wonderful things that you know that have been hidden, you know, from us in terms of the history that mm-hmm. of, of our contributions. You know, to 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 the country, to you know, socially. Um, um, I think you see all those in the images, and you know, even though the history is not necessarily taught, there are images that that describe it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Frederick Douglass, and and you know, at one point he in the film we talk about him being the most photographed American of the 19th century, mm-hmm. and he did that because he wanted to basically stand in for 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 every african american to say that you know that the we we need positive images of ourselves and you know i was a slave but look at me i'm i'm a self-created self-actualized mm-hmm. individual mm-hmm. and so he used it in many ways like like sojourner truth who also did a similar uh thing and they used it in a way that was very much akin to performance art you know mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. they but also activists Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the intersection of art and activism, and um, and so it was really great to see these images because I, I, you know, I'd, I'd seen some of them growing up in in our family albums, and mm-hmm. in fact, what I use as a narrative structure in the film is the family album and, and the war in the family album, and you know, I think that's something that all of us can relate to, regardless of our ethnicity or gender or orientation. Mm-hmm. We all have a family album, you know, and it's also a family album that's going through a shift now because we're more solidly moving into the digital age. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, what do we do with the family album? What do we do with this archive, the archive that we inherit, mm-hmm. but also the archive that we're generating as well with our iPhones and cell phones and, and, and the tablets. Device. 
Mm-hmm. Now, um, you have countless ideas. What do you have in the pipeline? What is the thing, and, and in your evolution, as you described, because you're not the filmmaker that began filming years ago. You're transitioning continuously. So in that evolution, where your plans are going to bring you? Uh, do you have something in mind right now? Where would you like to go from now? Yes, thank you <laughs> for, for that question. Um, I'm actually working on several different projects with, okay. with my team. I have a, uh, a team that expands and contracts depending on you know what we have in the pipeline. But we're working on a, a TV series um, based around our, our digital diaspora family reunion project. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that continues the, the, the thread of the family album and how we look at the family album and, and how we can we bring people together and, and explore how different people from different all, all walks of life are engaging with their family photographs. Mm-hmm. And in and, and the process, create a kind of a new family album that's inclusive of everyone, you know, regardless of you know age or gender or sexual orientation or race. And um, and this is it's a, it's a it's based on a touring road show. And and this is something we started uh, coterminously with the film, mm-hmm. to, and and we ended up generating about six thousand images. Uh, that wow. many of which uh, were included in the film, or several of which were included in the film. And since then, we've been touring with the, the, the Roadshow, the Digital Diaspora Family Reunion Roadshow. We've uh, now been to uh, over 25 different cities and, um, and uh, uh, helped digitize thousands of photographs, which we've helped with people, uh, we've given back to people. And we have also collected um, uh, uh, over 12,000 images it's been Sounds written like about a all fascinating over. Fascinating project. You're not going to believe this, but I'm losing track of the time and we're running out of time. Could you please share your contact information so people relate to this fantastic project, Thomas? Yes, yes. You can find our project at oneworldonefamily.me, and that's the numeral one world numero1family.me and you can see clips from Digital Diaspora. You can upload your family photographs. You can see clips from Through a Lens Darkly and you could become part of our family uh, album and join us. Join the movement. Fantastic and thank you so much for your time. You're calling us knowing how busy you are so we're looking forward to continue somehow the conversation with you. Thank you so much, Guillermina. See you soon. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.